the Jays, well, a bit of a struggle in their own division. To help us understand and get a little deeper on that, we bring in Frank Amarante from uh, Senior Sports Writer, actually, at Game Day. Frank, how are you today, sir? How's it going? Pleasure to be on the show. Let's talk some Blue Jays. Yeah, so again, you know, the, the, the loss against Baltimore, if I have my stats right, uh, 10 of 12 they've lost against the ALE. Sooner or later, that's going to bite them, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Like, the Orioles are exceeding expectations right now. They're falling behind them. Tampa Bay, as we all know, has just been dominant all year. They, I, I, there's got to be a sense of urgency right now, or they're going to fall too far behind, especially dealing with some good teams in the uh, AL West and the Texas Rangers, Houston Astros. LA Angels, even the Mariners, so uh, they got to pick it up pretty soon. Uh, it would seem to me the Jays a problem solver's nightmare. So lately, what's happening is collectively allowing 26 runs in their past three games. How much of a level of concern is that for you? I'm a little bit concerned with the rotation. You know, Alec Manoa really struggled. He looked like Ricky Romero 2.0 yeah. uh, right now. You can't really depend on him. Anything he, if he could get it together, that's a bonus right now. Uh, so you look at that rotation, you got Gosman, uh, Bassett, Barrios, and Kikuchi. It's really a little thin. Um, you know, Hyunjin Ryu's coming back probably in August, but how much can you really count on him? He's coming off Tommy John surgery. So I'm definitely concerned with the rotation. I feel like I know they're hesitant to do this, but I think they should stretch out Nate Pearson to perhaps help uh, as a bulk reliever to help out that fifth spot. You know, he's done well, cut his walk rate. To 5.7 percent, that would be nice. And perhaps, you know, hey, they should be aggressive at the trade deadline in adding an arm. You know, Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, he's an unrestricted free agent after the year. Uh, um, they're really struggling this season. They could be sellers. I think that's a move you could see Toronto potentially explore. So, you know, and that's an, uh, you know, a lot of people would go that way. Wait till the trade deadline. Shouldn't they be doing that now? It's true, it's true, but uh, I would imagine that it's a little harder to trade now. You know, teams are perhaps still hopeful that of their playoff chances, like the White Sox, as I mentioned. So I definitely understand what you're saying. I feel like in the interim, they should do what I said with Nate Pearson, maybe get him uh, pitching more innings, helping with that five spot, and then later down the road adding Giolito. But I understand completely that there's got to be more of a sense of urgency here. I've said this to other people. The frustration for me is the Jays uh, every year do their off-season job, and, and you feel that they could do a little more, and I think you would say that also at the trade deadline. The problem for me is Baltimore comes out of the woodwork and gets past them so far. Tampa does what the Jays are supposed to do on a, on a regular basis. That's pretty frustrating, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you know what really just grinds my gears is just how they continue to leave base runners left on base in scoring position. I, I looked at a stat today. Tied for last in MLB with 3.85 base runners left in scoring position per game. They're, they're below the Tigers in that. They're tied with the Reds. That's, that's really frustrating on the one hand. But on the other hand, you got to think, like, this offense is too talented for this to continue. I mean, Vladdy Jr. only has nine home runs. That's less than Lourdes Gurriel. you got to think at some point they'll get going. But it's really frustrating. Well, I mean, that, that sort of describes the issue. I mean, we could zero in on the starting pitching, and that's that's a headline. There's no question about it. But this team is, is sloppy. It strands runners. It creates defensive errors. And, I mean, it's just not a, a very tight ball team, is it? I absolutely agree. It's just consistently frustrating to watch. you got to think that that will, you know, normalize a bit. Maybe it's just a rough patch for them. But 
yeah, I definitely share your concerns there, and they have to play uh, better fundamental baseball, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's sort of round up the Jays' coverage this way. How likely is it that the Jays figure all this out, and there's plenty of runways, everybody details, go on a run, find themselves in a wild-card spot at the end of the season? What, what What's the likelihood of that in your mind? I still think that's more likely than not. I mean, I, they're better than the Yankees who are dealing with injuries of their own. You know, Carlos Roldan out, Luis Severino really struggling. Uh, you got to think the Texas Rangers will slow down at some point. They feel like, feel like they're playing above expectation. So I do think they'll end up with a wild card. But at this point, it's really tough to see them catching the Rays, who they're 10 games back of right now, and maybe even the Orioles, who they're six games back. So I would say wild card is likely, but AL East winner, no, I don't see it this year. Okay, so let's sort of fast track to the end of the season. Who are your current World Series favorites? And do you have a World Series or pennant bet that you think has good value? Oh, absolutely. So my World Series favorite right now is probably going to have to be the Atlanta Braves. You know, that offense is stacked. I know Spencer Strider, their ace, is struggling lately, but I'm not too concerned about him. He's got an unbelievable strikeout rate. Uh, it's just a well-rounded team from top to bottom. But my sleeper bet here is the team we just mentioned, and it's the Baltimore Orioles to win the World Series. You could get this. At 35 to one on FanDuel. Now you look at the team; they're 42 and 24. Despite that record, they're 13th in odds, which is too low. You look at their lineup; they got young studs like catcher Adley Rutschman. They have Gunnar Henderson, who's coming around. Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle are going to be coming back. Anthony Santander is a good power hitter. You look at their bullpen; they might have the two best relievers in baseball with Yenier Cano, who's got a 1.06 ERA. And their closer, Felix Bautista, whose strikeout rate is over 50%. Now, the rotation is questionable. I grant you that. But Tyler Wells has some promise. Kyle Bradish has some upside. Their top prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, struggled. But who knows? He could come back up and be an X factor. But you look at the makeup of the team, the formula is there with that elite bullpen. And they can go and add an arm at the deadline, like Lucas Giolito I mentioned earlier who's a UFA after the year. Now, you look at last year, we've seen surprise teams go deep in the playoffs with this new format. Just look at the Phillies unexpectedly going to the World Series. So I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility to see Baltimore really go deep. And at 35-1, to I think that's tremendous value. As you were saying that, I thought, boy, the Jays just can't be that surprise team anymore, can they? No, you know, they're actually, they have higher odds, like they have lower odds to win the World Series than Baltimore, which I get it, they're better on paper. So, no, they, they wouldn't even be considered a surprise team despite being third, uh, fourth in the division as of now. Okay, so Jason Baltimore tonight, game two of a three-game series. It wraps up tomorrow starting at one. Do you have any plays in this game tonight? Uh, in this game, I, I, I mostly steered clear, but I did take one, a little sprinkle on it. Uh, betting on Dalton Varsho to hit a home run, it's, I got it at 5-1 to one odds, I believe, at DraftKings. You know, he's starting to come around. He's having a better month. You know, he's got 30 home run upside throughout the year. Uh, in Camden Yards, it's, it's negative towards right-handed power hitters, so lefties like Varsho won't be as negatively impacted there. So I think against Kyle Bradish, who has a relatively high barrel rate, meaning he gives up a lot of hard contact, I think the matchup is right at plus 500 to take Varsho to hit a home run tonight. How about the rest of the card? What do you have that way? All right. So my favorite bet tonight 
is Clayton Kershaw under one and a half walks. He's been completely dominant at home with a 1.8% walk rate in five home starts this year. That's 0.58 walks per nine innings. The under one and a half walks is 5-0 and in Kershaw's home starts this year. Now, I dug deep on this. Kershaw's dominance at Dodger Stadium has been a trend throughout his career. Since 2013, he's walked only one or fewer. And he's he stayed under one and a half walks in 105 of 141 home starts. That's a 74.5% hit rate. Now, you look at the White Sox, they have the lowest walk rate in baseball at 6.7%. So you combine all these factors, the matchup is right, he's terrific at home, and you could get this prop at minus 125 at Batano, which in my mind it should be around minus 190. This is my favorite play on tonight's board. Okay, so let's talk about uh, general uh, topics like Luis Arias um, hitting 382. Do you think a slump is inevitable? You have to think a slump is inevitable just because that's just an unheard of uh, batting average. But this is the best contact hitter in baseball. In fact, I actually have a bet on him as well that I could jump right into. He's got a 5.3% strikeout rate, which is crazy. This is like a modern-day version of Tony Gwynn with his generational basketball skills. I'm betting Arias under half strikeouts. He's gone under this in 49 of his 63 games this year. That's a 77.8% hit rate. That just gives the listeners a sense of just how much of an elite contact hitter this is. Now, is he going to hit 400? I don't see that. But is he likely to finish the season at 350 or greater? I can absolutely see it. He's just completely locked in, elite contact rate, never strikes out, doesn't really sell out for power to swing for the fences. So his skill set could definitely result in, like, a really high batting average. You know, when you talk about hitting 400 and you go back and you see how rare it was, it would seem to me to be a much larger accomplishment now just because everybody has video and there's really no surprise out there, is there? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head because nowadays, you know, hitters or teams want to, they're emphasizing, you know, swinging for the fences. They want a home run. They don't want that slap hitter just to hit for average. So it would be exceptional to see Arias do it in this day and age with how, you know, they sell out for power. They're, they're trying to elevate the ball more and swing for the fences rather than keep it on the ground. So Arias is like a unicorn in that regard, and I, I'm cheering for him. I would love to see him get to 400. Frank, thanks very much. Nice to meet you and uh, enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. Thanks for having me on, and go Jays. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice if they could uh, solve that with uh, that interdivisional problem. I mean, just not winning your own divisions is an absolute kiss of death. But uh, maybe they figure it out. We'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow. That's a big statement, no question about that.